0: The following podcast you're about to listen to is brought to you by the Push Start Media Network, where everything you do in life begins with pushing start. Thank you for joining us today sport your enthusiasm and full effect you know me i am your humble host bryce benjamin along with a very very special guest and you know i gotta let the man introduce himself because he's bringing that energy
1: you already know what time it is it's your boy see him and you can't spell champion without it What's up, my folks? Thank you for letting me be on the podcast again, my brother. Always
0: a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure to have you on. I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule and joining the show today, man. Man, any any
1: opportunity I get to be on here and have a, a, you know, educated conversation about sports because a lot of times people got opinions and they just be, you know, like don't make sense. mm -hmm. But I love coming on here because you you know your stuff.
0: I appreciate that, man. I try my hardest. And uh yeah, man. If you're reading the title of this episode, you know what it's about. Mm-hmm. NBA season just concluded. See him. I know you feeling real good about the champions. Mm-hmm. Lakers and six. Lakers and six. Lakers and six, man. Shout out to Laker Nation. Shout out to LeBron James, number Yo, four. I,
1: first and foremostly, we got I gotta give my props up to Jimmy Butler. I did not know that man had it in him like that. Like I he earned a huge measure of respect for me watching that series hats off to Jimmy Butler
0: that's a fact that's a big fact and let's go into it man let's talk about the series in general I mean going into the series Lakers was pretty much a heavy favors as y'all should have been you got mm-hmm. just decimated the West every team you had stepped in front of it was five you know five or less I and, honestly uh, didn't
1: expect it to be like that yeah I, I didn't think we were going to go through everybody the way we did
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I ran through him like fucking a hot but a hot knife through butter, man. That it was that was, it was quite surprising, but I was like, Yeah, let's go. I was here for it. hmm And then uh yeah, it uh culminated with the Heat in the finals who took you out to six. That's the only team that was able to take you out a six throughout these whole playoffs. And mm-hmm. like you said, man, Jimmy Butler. Um I mean, the, the what what was said about him was that he's not, he's a, he's a selfish player or he wants everything to be his way. And you like look at his 10 years in Chicago and he gets traded to Minnesota. He's there for a year, he gets traded to Philly. He's there for a year and then finally goes to Miami. And every stop, it was just always, oh, yeah, Jimmy wants it his way or the highway. And Jimmy, you know what I mean? Like all the negativity that was spewing out. That's so, so weird. You know what I'm saying? But the man showed, like, yo, no, this is what I'm about. I want to win. I want to be on a team. Look with... at all the records where those teams that he played for. Exactly. They exactly. Records. Yep. Exactly. Every team that Jimmy left, that team got worse. <laughs> like It's as simple as that. The team that he goes to got better. Mm-hmm. It's it's honestly that simple. And, and I mean, I'm a Sixers fan, and I'm still feeling it. Man. I'm still shaking my head. I'm sitting there watching him in the finals going toe-to-toe with LeBron, and I'm just like, fuck, bro. That like, could have been, uh, been us, it, but no, no, you want to, you know, I'm not going to get myself frustrated about that, but like you saying though, man, Jimmy, he he showed up in the playoffs, especially with the underman Miami team. Like they lost Dragos game one, bam, missed a couple of games. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, for him and that Miami team to be able to pull out two games against that Lakers team was very impressive. I, I will have to uh, agree with you on that 100%.
1: Yeah. And I, and one thing that I really, really, take the hat off to not only him but LeBron as well these are two things that I noticed about them character wise they are great leaders they lead their unit into the fight like they're not I always see this like picture of like leadership style and they have the one leadership style where like there's a guy sitting on a pedestal being drugged by his employees or his teammates mm-hmm. and then there's another leader that's you know, on the same line with those people pulling that, that block or that force. And I feel like Jimmy Butler and LeBron both personified that for those teams. And you could see it by the way that the other players just gravitated to their energy and tried to pull out the same things that, that they were trying to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're hundred percent correct on that one. It's leading by example, right? That's what you want Mm -hmm. your great leaders to be, not the ones uh, directing traffic and not being the ones in the front line with you. So, um hats off to both of them man it just goes to show that you you need that type of leader to be able to get to that moment to be able to get to that spot and then uh just so happened like the lakers got lebron james you know still sure i mean shit lebron still to this day the man is what 35 years old Mm -hmm. and he's been to 10 out of 11 finals in the last 11 years which is fucking ridiculous that's just phenomenal like every team, he's it, it, it basically at this point, if you got LeBron on your team and he's healthy and you guys make it to the playoffs, you're pretty much going to the finals. It's, it's, it's almost literally that simple.
1: It's because he makes everybody around him really good. He knows how to utilize his his pieces. He doesn't overextend any player on his team. Like he he knows what everyone can do specifically, and he caters to that. And that's something that makes LeBron different than. A Jordan and different than a Kobe comparatively speaking like I think his his ability to get others involved and his court vision is like nobody we've ever seen in the game on top of his just strength and ability to just get to the basket l- literally whenever he want to
0: yeah it's pretty much if, if you wanted to craft the the perfect basketball being mm-hmm. um you would basically look like LeBron James, like, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, now you have, like, he's been in the league since he was 18 years old. So what is that now? He's going to enter into his 18th. Yeah. He's been 17, entering into 18th, and he's seen it all. He's, mm-hmm. he's done it all. He's seen it all. There's nothing that really will surprise him. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, like, he's 35 years old, but he's still in peak physical condition.
1: Yeah, he takes a lot, uh, really good care of his body. He spends like a million dollars a year on his body just on supplements and care. And like, I was listening to a podcast about a pod that he sleeps in when he takes naps and it's for his healing to get his blood circulated properly. It's just extra measures he takes to make sure that he's going to be able to play at his best for as long as possible.
0: Yeah, man, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons podcast and they was Mm -hmm. explaining like everything that he does to to be able to recover. Like so he goes to a game and as soon as the game is over, he's an in instant recovery. Mm-hmm. And like you said, sleeping in the hyperbolic uh chambers, i almost going call it the time chamber, sleeping in the hyperbolic chamber, um uh, to re- and it will be that, you know, I, the way that, you that know, is the way, the way you, to find way, way to recover. come on <laughs> <I'm> playing. <laughs>
1: Like, uh, shoot, That's I'm, I'm is starting real. to question what's in there. John Jones be sleeping in them pods, too. I'm starting to
0: think, what's in them pods? Man, and it's saying, like, every morning he has somebody there to, like, stretch him out in the morning, Fresh. and yep. at night before he goes to sleep, he's stretching out, and, like, the things that he's able to eat, and the supplements that he's taking, and, like, like just the care that he does with his body, mm-hmm. and then you combine that with the intelligence. Like, he's, so in my sweet. opinion, he's the smartest basketball player I've ever seen in a court. Like For sure, period. And you see it too when he's on the court and he's just dissecting shit. He's just like letting it play through and mm-hmm. it just makes the perfect play, the perfect play almost every time. Like it's ridiculous, almost like he's a fucking computer.
1: Yes, yeah, the, and then when you couple that with another player who's just about as smart in Rondo, I felt like without Rondo we wouldn't have won this championship. He was probably one of my mo- one of my most valuable players outside of LeBron in our in our team.
0: Rondo. Close, help close out that. Uh, was that game three? Whatever. I think we four. Had those steals back to back. I think it was game four.
1: I think it was game four,
0: where like, because like the whole game, he didn't like he didn't have no points, like he scored his first bucket towards the end of that game. Yep. But his impact, the
1: last couple minutes in the third quarter,
0: yeah, his <laughs> impact on that game was like that's one thing like, as well. Like, I'm always one of those guys that you have to watch the games to get a good feel of a player's impact. Like box scores are nice. It's a nice little snapshot to be able for to sure. go back to and you'd be like, oh, okay, this is what happened. In ha-
1: iron on the exactly, box.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So like, that's one of the most, that's the important, most important thing for me. Mm-hmm. And you watch that game and you watch how Rondo, the plays that he was able to come up with to help close out that particular game for you to give you guys a fucking 3-1 lead. Otherwise that would have been a 2-2 series if he, if for he's sure. not there, you know what I'm saying?
1: Those two sequences back to back where he got those clean steals. Yes. I was just like, Oh yes. Oh, Rondo came to play. He yes. came to win. And I was just like, you know what? This dude is really a genius on the court. Cause he caused those to happen. It was just the way he forced the double team to Yeah. Like fake the double team and then get out of the way and force him to go his direction. It's like that's why IQ.
0: Man, the way that this Lakers team was put together, bro, is so mm-hmm. weird to me, man. And like, for weird. them to cause think about this. Let's let's go through the timeline real quick. Mm-hmm. All right. So two years ago, you guys uh, get LeBron James. All right. He signs yeah. as a free agent from Cleveland. And then you guys have like a bunch of young pieces on the team. Game. You know what I mean? Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma. And when LeBron was there and the guys was playing, you guys was a fucking number one seed for like a good month of the season. And then he got hurt. LeBron gets hurt. And then, you know, it goes downhill from there. All right. And this is have everybody writing off LeBron. Oh, he's washed. And this Lakers team is done. And blase, blase, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then you guys trade all of those assets, plus a couple of draft picks to to New Orleans to get Anthony Davis, who Mm -hmm. you know wanted to play in L.A. Finally. So now you got these two these two figures right now, probably two of the top five players in the league and Anthony Davis and LeBron. You got that pairing. Boom. Yep. So then you go and you just kind of surround them with a bunch of veteran players on minimal well, contracts. Sure. Yep. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? Ray John Rondo, Dwight Howard, who was a very impact before you guys in the Denver series. Boogie, um, we
1: yeah, had Boogie, cousins Boogie at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, had Boogie for a little while before he tore his ACL. You signed Danny Green to a decent deal. You already had Caldwell Pope, so you you put together like a ragtag team. We call him Danny Red. <laughs> You put together such a ragtime team of just like veterans. And I remember I was looking at the roster and I'm like, man, this roster is like, just from a talent aspect. Like, I don't know about this Lakers team, man. It yeah, doesn't it make work. sense at all. Yeah. I'm like, you ain't got no shooters. You ain't got no sports spacers or nothing. I think the acquisition of Avery
1: Bradley changed that though.
0: Yeah. Avery Bradley as well. Yep. Yeah. I think,
1: I mean, I'm kind of sad that he wasn't in the bubble, but you know, from a defensive standpoint, he was probably our best player.
0: Yeah, I probably would have swept like throughout the whole yeah, playoffs at that point.
1: Yeah, we probably would have crushed everybody.
0: But uh, um Yeah. yeah so I'll... yeah, exactly. Exactly. You put together this ragtag team and In then paper, um it good. On paper, I was scared. As a Lakers fan, I was
1: like, this is not gonna work.
0: But you know what I think it is as well, is that um what I didn't really consider and and I I will admittedly admit this and I falsely admit this but um, the LeBron James factor the Mm -hmm. the LeBron James and Anthony Davis factor made up for whatever you guys didn't have you know what I'm saying
1: I think that there's another piece that I knew this going going like into this series and coming out of this playoffs that one person that was really going to be overshadowed in this whole equation was the amazing coaching of Frank Vogel
0: yes yes
1: out-coached every coach he played, just period. And he came up against some really top-tier level coaching. And just from game to game, you were seeing his adjustments. And one thing that I really liked about his coaching strategy was if he had a set lineup, he didn't deviate from that, no matter what the condition of the game was. If LeBron only playing the first, you know, four minutes of the quarter, even if we down 10, LeBron's still coming out. He stuck, he stuck to the game plan. And I felt like that's something that even when I listen to like the news reports and everything, they're praising AD, they're praising LeBron. I don't hear nobody saying nothing about Frank Bogle.
0: That's. A, I'm glad you brought that up as well, because he definitely isn't getting his due diligence of the job that he was able to do throughout the whole season, not just the playoffs, this whole season. For like sure. you're, you're handling a lot of different eagles. Like, think about this. You have yeah. LeBron James, the best player in the world. You have Anthony Davis, a top five, maybe top three player in the world. You have Rondo, who's a fucking savant at basketball, and he's been in had- his ways. Exactly, exactly. You got Dwight Howard, who's just a fucking character. He's basically the, the Dennis Rodman of this team. For sure. And, and now you have to take all of this talent and all these different, like, And then all those youth pieces, all those young pieces that have God, no experience. Yeah, exactly. Kyle Kuzma and, and, and Quinn Cook. And well, you know what I'm saying? You know, you you get it. Mm-hmm. And then you've taken all these pieces and then you have to be the one to just make sure that the, the, that they remain focused, that they're buying into the scheme, that they're buying into their role. And mm-hmm. I mean, like the motherfucker did it, man. Like He he did it. And like you said, he out-coached everybody, including yeah. Eric Sposo. Eric Sposo is a top three coach in his league and he definitely out-coached him. So you got to give credit where credit due on that one, man.
1: Yeah. Cause it was just like, like you said, without watching the games in their entirety, you can't understand what we're talking about. Like you notice the subtle adjustments or the way they change the play scheme or, you know, the different lineups that they're using based on the personnel that's being out there. Like you see those like in real time and people like us that analyze sports from a, from a larger perspective outside of just, you know, being a spectator. Those are things that really stand out to me. Those things that you don't see on, on the stat sheet.
0: Yeah, no, that's a big fact, bro. That's a real big fact. Um, but yeah, yeah, all of that culminated with, I mean, with a finals appearance and a finals win, and uh, that's number 17 for the Lakers, man. Shout out to your boys. Appreciate it. got it, it done. That but, was, um... That was for Kobe. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, man. It gotta be for Kobe, man. R.I.P. Kobe, R.I.P. R. GG. Um, although I will say I do feel kind of robbed in these playoffs because mm-hmm. we didn't get to see the Battle of L.A. I, L.A.
1: I agree with you. And, and uh,
0: that. yeah, that's the Clippers fault, like, like, mm-hmm. You you got this fucking Denver Nuggets team, a much less talented Denver Nuggets team, mm-hmm. and you got them down three one, and you allegedly have the best player. I was and for at one point I was calling Kawhi Leonard the best player in the in the world, and I'm I, I, mean, mean, I was wrong. No at, no no, I was wrong <laughs> for, a, for a stretch of the year. You were not wrong. Listen. It's one of those things where I think, and and this happened for me again, where remember when Steph Curry Mm -hmm. and that Golden Warriors, Golden State Warriors team was just going nuts and everybody calling Steph, oh yeah, he's the best player in the world. And I think a lot of times what happens is that we get caught up in the moment. And Mm -hmm. this is what happened with me and I'm admittingly uh, saying so. I got caught up in the moment with Steph Curry um, and then LeBron reminded us, no, who's the real best player in the world and had to get fucking KD to jump him. Mm -hmm. And then... I was, uh, and then Kawhi had his run last year in Toronto. And again, I was caught up in the moment. I seen what he did to my Sixers. I seen what he did to the Bucks. I seen what he did to the Warriors. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this dude is the best player. But then again, LeBron gets into the playoffs and he had to remind us again, like who is the best player yeah. in these players in the, in the world. And at 35 years old, no, I don't think like he hasn't lost that crown. And it's one of those things that I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself, I'm not going to make that mistake again until somebody takes it from him. Cause when he's in the playoffs, nobody has taken it from him yet. Uh-huh. I mean, the Warriors jumped on with KD. So I don't like, like, come on. That's like the greatest, the greatest team i ever seen in 2017, but Man, the dude is something special, man. And uh, yeah, the, the Clippers, they they fucking Paul yeah, George. They were all... Oh. Come and on, they, bro.
1: This is... I, I I analyzed this game. Like, the Game 7. There's no way they should have lost that one, and I'll tell you exactly why. Jamal Murray was eating, and I watched literally every sequence back up and down the court, and probably about... of those trips, he was neither guarded by Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. He was guarded by a whole bunch of other, you know, not the best player on the team. And I think that was, if you want to blame anything, people keep saying like all these conspiracy theorists that keep popping up talking about, oh, the NBA is rigged, you know, that's why the Clippers lost. I'm like, no, the Clippers lost because your two best players play trash. And you had somebody tearing your team up and neither one of them guarded them. It's just that simple.
0: Yeah. The fact that, um, first of all, there's is a lot of different factors I want to touch on with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, not stepping up to go and guard Jamal Murray. And they, they should have been guarding him from jump the whole game. This dude is fucking cooking y'all right now. He's dro- averaging 35 a, a game on you right now. He dropped 40 on y'all already. Like, He'll close out on, like, yeah, exactly. He'll close you out. He dropped 40 on you. And no, like, you, you're supposed to wake to be, y'all up. That's supposed to be the two best perimeter defenders in the NBA right now. This 10 was supposed to just, like, literally just swallow people defensively. And y'all let this dude cook y'all. Mm-hmm. Don't step up and go check him. Doc Rivers doesn't make the adjustment to fucking. Um, Terrible coaching. Take out Lou Williams and take out Montrez hero. Cause they can't do nothing def- like, they're literally just food defensively. Like Denver is seeking y'all out to make sure y'all get a, get, get switched onto the matchup and they're attacking mm-hmm. you. And doc river never adjusted from that. He sticks with his guys, quote unquote. Um, and then on top of that, you blow a three to one lead. Like you had them down three to one. You got to win one more game to advance to the Western conference finals. And you let this team beat you all three straight times. That is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't believe what I was watching, especially being that my cousin is a huge Clippers fan. So you know, all year long we were like, "Yeah, I know for a fact it's gonna be Battle Los Angeles. We are gonna finally get that moment to be cousin versus cousin in the Western Conference Finals."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Here they go, poop in the bed.
0: Yes, extremely. Extreme.
1: <laughs> it's like you, you, you hit the nail on the head, especially with Doc Rivers. Like that's why I love. I, I love to mention Frank Vogel. His coaching job was so amazing especially in those, you know, crunch time games. But Doc Rivers, you've been here before. Like, you, you've, you've seen these scenarios. Why didn't you make the adjustment? It's like, I that's why I understand why they
0: fired him. As yeah, I, I 100% uh, understand as well. Like, I, I get it. You're a championship coach, which, I mean, let's be honest, that shit happened eight, uh, 12 years ago. That happened in 2008. Yeah, that was a minute ago right so i hope you're still not hanging your your pedigree on that because that's like this is a win now league and that was 12 years ago and you haven't done shit since Mm -hmm. and i just a clippers organization man it's just a snake snake bitten organization like they can't get to the western conference finals like they have yet to do it in like their 50 plus year history
1: (laughs) I understand it. it is just they need to get out i think they need to get their own stadium
0: that might be it
1: <laughs> I, I have this theory yo I have this theory and people laugh at me all the time when I bring it up, but I'm like, think about this. think about being a team that's sharing uh a, a stadium with one of the most well known teams in the world, like not just basketball teams, just teams in the world, right not only that, y'all have a championship pedigree to match it, so you got every day you come in, into this arena to play you got other people's banners hanging up looking you in the face that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people was mad about doc rivers wanting them to be covered during you know clippers games and i understood because it's a, a mentality thing yeah. you got your players already warped because all they see is lakers legacy when they come into their quote unquote home court
0: yeah no i can i can i get it it's i definitely get the
1: idea of the entire company and the entire team they yeah. need building
0: it could be a mind fuck yeah that could definitely be a mind fuck every time you look up you see championship banners and none of them are yours um, come on like that's
1: just simple math to me i always say that to me i'm like imagine put yourself in them shoes like you coming into an arena every time to play a home game quote unquote uh, and none of the banners hanging up is yours none of them that's
0: Not an away
1: game, that's an game. <laughs> <laughs> you just in your home jerseys in an away game oh man they about need to get a new city not just a new stadium oh, they but need like, to they, they need to be on their own they
0: need to come back to buffalo man come back to buffalo or go yeah. to las vegas. las vegas need a a football team yeah man you know how lit it would be if we had a basketball team in buffalo bro oh my oh, god yeah, me too yep without a question yep, i'm the same way i definitely have season tickets i'll, I'll make that shit happen
1: you have to because that'd be too legendary that'd be mad fun
0: Man, every night I'm up there.
1: I also want to talk more about that because like, how do you feel about a lot? This is a lot of people are like, kind of like brushing over it because it's kind of becoming a new norm, but this is our first championship in a bubble. Yeah. How, How does that make you feel to see a spectacle
0: like the NBA finals with no crowd? So the whole bubble concept, like mm-hmm. from when it first was announced, was like, okay, I was a little skeptical on it. And I was not gonna lie, I was like, yo, this is not going to continue. I guess like, there's no way that this this season is gonna get canceled and mm-hmm. they're gonna just start prepping for 2020, uh, 2020, 2021. But um, I mean, kudos to the to the players, man. Kudos to the NBA players that have joined the bubble and competed throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because you gotta think, man, like they was away from their families and their friends and just like normal life. For, for about sure. a good three and a half months. You're isolated. Yeah, exactly. You just keep seeing the same people and the same staff. And it's like, fuck, bro. And, and uh, I mean, kudos to, to the Lakers and the Heat.
1: Yeah, that's, I, I, people are trying to discredit this championship and this finals, like because of the bubble circumstance. But I argue to say that it's, it was worse. It was more difficult than any other championship. I 100% agree. Like, like you're away from your family. You have, these are people that have been used to their entire life playing in front of a crowd and you have no crowd on the, on supposed the biggest stage of your career. You have no fan interaction. You, you, you have whatever food you're given like little circumstances like that. When you're in the finals, like you gotta have, I'm sure if I'm in the NBA finals, I want to have my favorite meal to make sure I feel right. You know, I want to have my most comfortable situation my bed, my, my everything. They had none of that.
0: Yeah. Yes, and and like because you got a routine, like when you're when you're an athlete, you have a routine that you do before games, throughout the week, and like they basically that routine was just was uplifted and then Mm -hmm. just placed in one place where you can't go outside of the parameters. Otherwise, you got to quarantine yourself for X amount of weeks and X amount of days. Like, this shit is nuts. Difficult circumstance, man, for sure. Very difficult. And I 100% agree with you, man. This is the most difficult championship year, I think, ever. I don't take nothing. Actually, you got to give them more credit, in my opinion. I agree. For them to stay as focused as they did, man, that's just again, that's just another another uh, 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 accomplishment towards the Lakers and LeBron James, and it just shows the greatness of this team, man. I wouldn't even. I'm not even just you know
1: trying to credit the Lakers more. I'm all those teams that ended up in that circumstances, especially the ones that got into the later rounds of the playoffs. Yeah, like you know, y- y'all have some you know intestinal fortitude that most men wouldn't be able to. Even imagine trying to do so. You know, I really got to give my hats
0: off to that. And think the, about, think about Paul George. He was saying like, "Yo, man, this shit got to me." Like he was mentally checked out. They were saying like, they were saying that the Clippers didn't want to be there. They didn't. That they
1: team did. was checked out. If you ask me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they were one of the two teams that you know didn't want to be there and voted not to be in the bubble. And it's ironic that the only other team won the championship, right? So that showed a switch of the mentality. At some point, the Clippers were supposed to switch their mind frame and get back into NBA season mode, and that never happened. Yeah, that was the the ultimate downfall with them. But the thing, the reason why I brought that up with the bubble is because I think it didn't shock me as much because I've been able to get accustomed to it from other sports I've been watching. Yeah, such as wrestling. Because my first, it first hit me when I watched WrestleMania with no crowd.
0: Yeah,
1: it was weird. So once I saw that, I was like, if I could watch this, I could watch anything with no crowd. And I think Dana White need to get a little bit of credit because I feel like he put out the perfect formula for sports to be able to come back with the UFC. NBA wouldn't have happened without the UFC. I
0: feel you on that one. I, I definitely feel you on that one. UFC did to this day, right now, UFC is still putting out a fucking phenomenal product. Their protocols have been great. They make
1: sure they're quarantined, everybody properly. Like you constantly hear all the, the the MMA stars talking about it on their social medias and things like that. All the different parameters they have to go through, the two steps of quarantine. And a lot of the companies kind of like copied that. And I'm not mad. I felt like it was a great formula to follow and I'm glad that they did. And that the you know the Walt Disney Resort was allowing the NBA to use their entire facility for the time being, you know, cause that yeah. was big. They could have said no, they could have easily said no to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's hundred percent, man. And I think we got to give like, we got to give kudos to everybody that made this process happen. Not just the teams a that went of, down there. There's a yeah. lot of moving parts, man. Yeah. The Disney staff, uh, like the fucking broadcast teams, the reporters, mm-hmm. Like um, the coach f- sh- that were working
1: there. Yep. Helping yes. all the players, you know, all the, the, the coaching staff and all the trainers, they had to come and leave their homes and be out without their families as well to help the NBA players.
0: Hundreds of people just like yeah. changed their lives for, you know, a good solid four or five months to just to make this happen and make this shit happen. And we all know they made it happen for the money. Obviously that's, that's right. priority, priority number one. But the fact that they was willing to go ahead and do that to entertain everybody and, and yeah. to compete. Like, that's, man, I loved like, like, seriously, man, I got to give a All round of right. applause for that. Seriously.
1: Sure. I loved every minute of it. I was super happy. Like, I was one of those fans that was just, like, elated when yeah. they said, oh, the NBA is back. I was
0: like, what? What? Yeah. NBA is back, boys.
1: So, you know, I, I'm extremely grateful for everybody that was, that took a part in making this happen and allowing us to get this NBA season off this year. Whew, we needed it.
0: Yes, we did. Man, fucking 2020 is a <laughs> hell of a ride. And, you know, sports is always one of those things that we're able to go to as an escape. And, for sure. Uh, it fucking sucked when we didn't have that. We didn't have that for several months. We, you know, several months we didn't have that. And, um, you know, we have finally we got UFC. We still have wrestling and things of that nature there. But uh, yeah, but the NBA is, it,
1: for me personally, the NBA is the only like major league sport. Yes. Just- combat sports that I watch. I don't really watch football and and soccer and hockey and stuff like that Mm -hmm. with the exception of the big games, like the trophy games. But Mm -hmm. basketball was it for me. Me
0: without basketball,
1: I was hurting.
0: (laughs) Trying to fuck. Yo, dude, it got to the point where I was putting on 2K games, putting on simulation (laughs) and just letting it run.
1: (laughs) We had a whole league of like like a group of six friends, we were playing you know team modes, my team mode against each other, just to like pass the time away because there was no NBA. Like we was getting desperate.
0: <laughs> shit was real, bro. Yeah, it was real.
1: Uh, I'm I'm glad things are getting back to quote unquote normal, so we can start seeing program again again.
0: So I got the odds up for uh twenty twenty one NBA title odds. And um just want to kind of go through a couple of these and get you know get your get your thought process on these. I like so, that. Man. right now the top five to to win the twenty twenty one title is uh Lakers right now the favorites at plus three seventy five mm-hmm. followed by the Clippers plus four twenty-five Milwaukee plus six fifty Golden State plus seven fifty and then Brooklyn at uh plus a thousand so in that top five, do you, do you, do you agree with that? Going into like, obviously we still got the off season to go through. We still got moves to make, but uh, how do you feel about that top five right now as the, the betting favors to, to be able to uh, win the championship next year?
1: Mm, I don't agree with it because for one, Milwaukee's not going to be in there. Cause Giannis not going to be there next year. You don't think so? No, nah. I think, Giannis wow. I think Giannis is out of there. And um, let's see, Brooklyn, no, I'm not sold. First of all, I am not a fan of Kyrie Irving and I will be the first to admit it to you. And it's nothing to do with his style of play because it's good. He's probably the best ball handler that the league's ever seen. But it's just, he's one of those people where I'm not able to differentiate his character outside of the basketball world from his basketball player self. Like, it's just, they're just too, they're just too congealed together. It's just like something about him is just the way he carries himself is so fucking arrogant in a way that I don't enjoy. Because I love me a little bit of arrogance. I love wrestling. Yeah. But like, there's, there's a certain
0: way you got to go about it. And the way he goes about it, I, I don't fuck with it. He's not a winning basketball player. No. In my opinion. And I'm not a I leader mean- either. And I say that statement, and I know people are going to be like, well, what do you talk about? He won a championship in Cleveland. And it's like, exactly. It's like, okay, you're you're not wrong, but they don't get that championship without LeBron. Like, let's keep it real. Like, the reason that the Cavs were relevant again and they're back in the finals isn't because of Kyrie Irving. It's because LeBron. Now, I give Kyrie credit for the shit that he did in that finals Mm -hmm. because if he doesn't perform the way that he performs, the Cavs probably don't come back from that 3-1 deficit and win that final. So you got to give credit where credit is due. But I'm going to be interested in seeing if he's able to do that same shit with KD. Not, Not only
1: only that, KD is coming from one of the most devastating basketball injuries you could possibly have. Right. Not only that, he is a seven-footer. So that's... Who knows if he's going to be the KD that we know and love, the sniper right out of the gate. It might take him until... 2021 2022 season to be back to you know the state that we know because it's not like he's old he's still young he's still in his prime but
0: that takes some time to recover from that and on top of that you have a rookie head coach of steve nash who i love steve nash and i think he's going to do a good job but we don't know we don't know and even though rookie head coaches have won championships in the last couple years steve kerr nick nurse okay so got to get credit there but we'll see what happens with that but then on top of that we don't know how this roster is going to shape out ultimately, as well, because exactly. they're talking about trading Karis Lavert and and Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen and all these other core players that to bring in possibly another star player. So was, s- yeah, man, because we don't know. Like you start mixing too much shit in the pot, it doesn't always come out good. You know, you add a little bit too many spices to some shit, you we fuck around and ruin your meal. You know what I mean? Uh huh. It's like I don't understand that they had. <sighs> look at
1: what the Raptors and the Clippers just did. Like before they got the pieces, like before, before the Raptors got Kawhi and before the Clippers got Kawhi and Paul George, they were already performing at a high enough level to compete in the playoffs. They just added two more or in Raptors case, you know, one more, they just had a surprise emergence of Pascal Siakam just being a great player. Right. And, you know, no one could calculate that, but that's the formula that they need to be following. Like they don't need to uproot everything and switch it all around. Brooklyn was a really good team. They were a good team without them. Keep them same pieces and then just bring in your stars and just let them, you know, figure out, everybody figure out their roles as it follows.
0: I've been reading um, this book about the Warriors dynasty. Um uh, mm-hmm. I forgot what it's called, but I've been reading it and I'm on this chapter about KD Mm -hmm. and I never realized how much of like uh, I want to kind of want to choose my words properly here. Um, KD is very, very subconscious Mm -hmm. about himself. Like he's very like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very unsure about himself, I like Mm -hmm. to say. Like, he's always paid attention in the media. He's always- the Burner account. Right, the burner account stuff. And he's, uh I was like, I was very shocked to read that. But then as I go back and think about it, um, all the different, like the different instances with the media and how he's like always bantering with them and, you mm-hmm. know, trying to go at them and shit like that. I'm like, man, I never realized it was that deep. Like, it was, it was Deep, bro. Like when he, it got to the point where he joined the Warriors to win a championship. He wins the championship. He out the outperforms LeBron in that finals, and he thought that he finally had that claim as the best player in the world. But mm-hmm. nobody was giving him that claim. Like nobody was still like, no, LeBron is still the best player. You still got to catch up to him. And like that fucking tour had his soul, bro. Like that shit hurt him.
1: I can imagine
0: that shit legit hurt him. And now him going to Brooklyn. And uh, I think this is a part of him chasing LeBron. Like he's chasing him. He's he—that's his goal right now—is to catch LeBron as the best player. And mm-hmm. I think it just kills him that, um, and a lot of eyes. And like, there's some eyes of KD is right now to this day. They they think that he's the best player in the world. But in majority of our eyes, it's Second still LeBron. Bit. You know exactly. It's still LeBron. He's still number one. He still reigns supreme. And it's just like, damn man. Like the, the dude is obsessed with that shit. Like it really hurts him.
1: I mean, I understand it because to be great, you have to have that sort of obsessive nature and those tendencies. Like, look at the look at the Jordan documentary; it showed you what kind of person he was. And if he if he doesn't feel like that, I don't think he's going to be able to perform to a level where he could accomplish that. But I don't agree with the way he lets it torture him. Yeah, like as a celebrity, you have to sometimes detach yourself from all of that shit. Like you got a job to do. And that's one thing that I feel like LeBron is very good at doing. He detaches himself from that shit. Like he knows what's going on, but like he has a way of like shutting it off. So it doesn't interfere with anything else that's going on. KD hasn't found his way of doing that yet. So I just think it it has a, a matter of, What instances he's been in yet? Like as you said earlier, LeBron's been in all these damn finals appearances and all these deep runs in the playoffs. So he's got tons of experience and growth from that. So KD still has a lot to learn to shape him into to to having that kind of ability to surpass LeBron.
0: Finding that inner peace. It seems like he can't find that inner peace that LeBron has found. Like I feel like LeBron is playing so freely and he's playing so relaxed and but he knows when to flip the switch and i think he's just like, he just com- comfortable with himself
1: yeah. i don't i don't i don't feel kd is just comfortable with who he is yet and i think giving him this opportunity to go to a, a franchise who hasn't seen that kind of success and, and elevating them to a certain level i think that might be the the push that he needs to just you know give him that confidence that you know what i don't got to worry about you know Who's better between me or LeBron? I just gotta go out here and do my thing. And yeah, can not nobody yeah. do it the K- do it better than KD? That's the mentality right. you need to have.
0: Speaking of KD, man, uh, his former team, the Warriors, they're fourth on his list at plus seven fifty.
1: I don't mind that actually because um they're got they're supposed to have all their pieces back. You know, the, with the main three headed monster that they have with Draymond Clay and Steph. Uh, Steph Curry is still one of the best players in the world. Period. So, I mean, as long as he's in the equation and the way he's obviously changed the game, you see it every day, every time you watch a basketball team, how much more the perimeter is showing its presence and the paint is diminishing itself. um, It's just, he's a a once-in-a-generation type player. So whenever you have somebody like that on your roster, anything is possible. I honestly might, you know, even waver... To give them an even better shot. I'll probably would put them in a three slot.
0: Cause you gotta think as well, like they got those three players that you talked about. They also have the number two overall pick, mm-hmm. along with a very attractive contract with Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. So you gotta think that the Warriors are gonna make some type of substantial move to they obtain got, more they talent. Pieces.
1: They got pieces for sure.
0: Yeah, they got pieces, they got draft capital. And they've got
1: um, players that have shown their worth even yes. more because of the absence of those players. So, you know they're they're gonna have they're gonna have more draft stock and uh, well I should say stock in general in, in the trade realm.
0: Yeah, so, so it's gonna be very interesting to see how that Warrior team shapes out, man. And then, like you said, who's on that list? Say again? Who else was on that list? Um, Los Angeles Clippers was two, Milwaukee three, Brooklyn five, and then the Lakers was number one. All right. But well, that's the top five. And then moving on from six to 10, you got Boston at six plus 1200 Miami at seven plus 1300 Toronto at eight plus 1700 Denver at nine plus 2000. And then Houston at 10 plus
1: 2200. Okay. um, Miami need to be up higher. Miami need to be in the top five because they're going to be pretty much coming back with the exact same roster. And, we're talking about a, a healthy Dragic and Bam. Now, I, I don't think it would have made a difference had they been healthy in the finals still because their biggest player is 6'9". And, you know, that's just simple math. But I see how much more of a superstar... I, I feel like this final series thrusted Jimmy Butler from star to superstar now. Mm-hmm. You could legitimately stamp him as a, one of the superstars in our league now. Yeah. From both ends of the floor, and I feel like that team is going to be—they're going to be one of the top prospects. They might be the first if the the—they're going to be the first or second seed in the East.
0: I think you got to put them ahead of Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Yeah, and, and and I get it. I get the star power with those two teams. You got Giannis, who had a fucking phenomenal season, back to back though Right, exactly. You think he's not going to be there? <laughs> uh, it, it would be interesting to see what happens with that one there. And then you got Brooklyn, you got KD, you got you got uh, Kyrie. So I get that aspect as well. But this Miami team just showed that – they can get to the finals, and they should be the team to beat in the East. Like, there's no reason for me to not end up, especially with another year under their belt. You got Tyler Hero, who's not a rookie no more. You got Duncan with another year. You got Ben with another year. They're going to possibly find some uh, some, some more pieces to add to this talent. Yep.
1: Yeah, I don't even think uh, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna go mad far and people are probably gonna crucify me on this, and I don't even care. But I don't think the Clippers should even be in that top five. They should be the six C. And you should be throwing Dallas in there because Luka Doncic is, he's shown that he's ready. He's shown, to, to me at least, in the bubble, that boy showed me and everybody else that he's ready at 21 years old. So I feel like he gonna be one of those leaders we talk about because his style of play is very reminiscent of LeBron. Yeah. He's a big, lanky dude. You just take away the at, the pure freak of nature athleticism, and you have Luka Doncic. You take the freak athleticism from LeBron, you got Luka Doncic.
0: Well, here, let me round out the last five here. Um, you got Dallas at 11, 2,500. Philly at 12 with plus 3,000. Plus 3, Portland plus 3,500. Uh, Utah plus 4,000. And then New Orleans at 15 with plus 5,000. Um, your Luka point is interesting, bro. Because Mm -hmm. Luca's him, like he he's he's here. He's that boy good. Yeah, that exactly. And uh, for him to be twenty one years old and be already this good Mm -hmm. is is astonishing. I'm scared for the West. And he's going to get better. That's the crazy part. Like he's going to get better. He has to improve as a three point shooter. He only shoots about thirty percent. And once he's able to get up to like if he's able to shoot thirty five, thirty six percent. He already has a, like you said, he has an excellent basketball mind, which is on that that is going to be on that same tier as LeBron. Maybe mm-hmm. not not the most athletic guy in the world, and the main thing with him, I think, is I he, he has to be. I think he has to be a non liability defensively, mm-hmm. where teams can just go search him out and hunt him on on, on like screen rows and things of that nature. So if he's going to become like a non liability on the offense and then if Dallas can surround him with the proper pieces, man,
1: you know, all that is a matter of it's it's his athleticism. He needs to be he needs to be doing footwork drills and, and skill training for like to have quicker feet. Yeah, he's not a bad defender, but he's not a good one. He's like yeah, a he's he's like average a defender. Yeah, he's like if, if you give him some, like, boxing training where he's doing footwork drills and stuff, he, boy, man, listen, he would be locking somebody up because he has that long, lean frame where he can just stand in front of most players or at least, you know, guide you in a way to a better defender or one of your bigs, you know, to finish at the rim. So he's,
0: he's a big-ass dude,
1: too, he, man. He's that's a lanky dude. Yeah. So, I really like that team. I think they should be in the top five. I think they, I think people are not putting enough respect on Dallas' name.
0: I think with them, though, it's the Porzingis factor because if Porzingis can stay healthy, I, I then think he's a, so, he's I, an excellent number two, but them knees, man, those knees have given yeah. out on him the last couple of years. Like, he missed a whole, he missed basically two seasons. He comes he's back this season and he, and he played well when he was healthy, but he gets hurt in the playoffs and then that pretty much just sealed Dallas's fate in the playoffs against the Clippers. Yeah, he hella injury-prone,
1: man. That's... That's my only concern, but, like, I'm just trying to be optimistic for them. I'm hoping Porzingis is healthy. So I'm just saying it from, like, a if everybody is 100% perspective, then I think Dallas need to be up higher in that top five.
0: Or how about this? There is rumblings, all right, that uh, Dallas is heavy favorites to land the player that you said is not going to be on their team next year. I'm
1: trying to tell you, Giannis is not going to be there. So the bucks is gonna drop all the way down to real, back down to reality, back to normalcy. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I would not be surprised if he ends up there. Luca and Giannis that's gonna be, be disgusting.
0: Wow, if that happens, man, yeah, GG's in the West. Now, I don't know, that'd be a good battle between the Lakers and Dallas. Though. I can't see. It, it would be a great battle, but we would still come out on top because
1: AD is more skilled. And it, you know what? I want to bring this up because I have a gripe about this. Okay. Okay, before I had said I don't think Giannis should have won the MVP. I retract that statement. I was wrong. He definitely should have won MVP. But this is my thing that I realized that I fucking hate about the NBA. If you're going to base an award off of the regular season, soon as the playoffs is about to start, give that fucking award out right now. Like, don't let me watch the playoffs where you have the possibility of that person that's the number one seed as the MVP play shitty, Giannis, and then you have the person who's the number two playing amazing, LeBron, make me feel like he shouldn't be the MVP. Just right, give right. the award away right when the regular season is done. Now, that's my problem about it. But also, I do, I do think he deserved MVP, but I don't think he deserved defensive player of the year. And I will tell mm-hmm. you why. Look at the stats. Anthony Davis averaged more blocks than him and also more steals than him mm-hmm. as a center the only thing Giannis had over him was defensive rebounds. So you're telling me by those, by that logic, whoever is the best defensive rebounder in the league is the best defensive
0: player. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get make a valid point, bro. You make a valid point.
1: That's, that's, just, I, I looked it up too. Like I looked at the numbers he's beat Giannis averaged
0: one block and one steal a game. And then another thing with Giannis too, um, I don't think he should have got defensive player as well. I think I thought Anthony Davis should have definitely got it. And mm-hmm. Giannis had an awesome season. I'm not taking anything away from him. Amazing but season. His impact on the defensive side of the floor was not greater than Anthony Davis's. I agree. It wasn't great. There's a lot of players I think had greater impacts defensively than Giannis. I think that Anthony Davis should have been ranked ahead of him. I think Rudy Gobert should have been rated ahead of him. I think Joel Embiid should have been rated ahead of him. I, think of him. I agree. Those, th- those three players with Embiid. Is you right. Those three players, anchor, excuse me, I think Ben Simmons should have been ahead of him too. Those mm-hmm. players right there. The, what they did defensively to impact games was much greater than what Giannis did. And I watched a lot of Bucks games. I, that was one of the one of the main teams I was watching in the East besides my own because I felt like that was a team we had to beat to get to the championship. Sure. And um, like I'll watch Giannis games, and don't get me wrong, he comes out of nowhere, he has like the highlight blocks, and you know, he he he'll lock up a player here and there, and it was awesome to watch, <laughs> but it, on about. a on a consistent basis, it was not better than those other players that I just named. And Mm -hmm. even the numbers will show that as well. The numbers will back up the statement that I just made. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you 100% on that one. I just felt like they kind of just gave all those awards to Giannis because, first of all, he's an international player. Mm Secondly, he did have a historic season. Um, offensively to to earn that MVP. And he does play good defense. I'm not saying that he's a bad defender or anything of that nature, but I just felt like it was just a stretch giving him that award just to say that he's another player, like the second only player to win both MVP and defensive player of the year. Yeah.
1: I felt like the narrative was already created before, you know, they let everything unfolds. So I was like, <sighs> come on, like just look at the stats, bro. If y'all want to base it off of stats, like then look at the stats. Right. <laughs>
0: And if you want to base it off game tape, go watch the games. <laughs> Simple as that.
1: Like, I mean, Anthony Davis lives in the paint. He protects our house.
0: So, I mean, you know, that was just my gripe about that. <laughs> um, How do you feel about New Orleans being the 15th team with the best odds? Like, they're basically saying New Orleans is the playoff team next year. That's interesting. Um, I mean, pfft, I'm not
1: surprised because one thing about the time that LeBron had off, one thing that I don't Think people paid enough attention to in the lakers was how well brandon ingram did brandon ingram became a household name when lebron was out because he was our best scorer mm-hmm. and then that translated to him having such appeal in new orleans and the tandem of him and uh and zion on your perimeter like the threat of either of them slashing to the bucket and their somewhat decent ability to shoot and then you have the – if Lonzo continues to come into his own re- regard as a playmaker, like, he's honestly one of the best playmakers we have in this league. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand.
0: I, I understand it. I get it. I think it's going to range really on Zion's health. First of all, you I love a- – yeah, yeah, 100%. You, you already beat me to the points. I love Zion a lot, man. He is a phenomenal talent, but he's mm-hmm. out of shape. Like, he came into the bubble out of shape. He, he came into the bubble fat. Like, let's call it what it is. Facts. You can't be, so He the man is 6'6", and he's 200 and what, 285, 290 pounds. The man might have been three bills. He might have been three bills going into right. that bubble. You might be right. Right. So you can't be that big and be jumping that high and that yes. explosive and expect to be healthy throughout a full 82-game season, plus another 20-something games if you make a deep playoff run.
1: You need CrossFit training. Because that's something that's going to help with – the kind of explosive movement that he does—that's what a lot of wrestlers use CrossFit training for because they have to do a lot of jumps and bumps and you know heavy impact on their legs and their joints. So CrossFit is, is meant to help help that. So yeah. he needs CrossFit training, and it's gonna and it's gonna get him in shape.
0: Yeah, he needs to hook up with LeBron's and uh, get on a, a solid diet plan as well. Because, for sure, and I I'm, get it. Like he, he's fucking like food, you know. Yeah. He'll, better he's 19 20 years old you know exactly exactly i get it i get it. i remember what i was eating like what i was eating at 19 20 years old man. i was eating like fucking shit like you know what i'm saying scott meal
1: every other night you know it's
0: lit yeah. and you're and you're a fucking a multi-millionaire at 19 and shit like i get it i get it you want to eat everything in sight and whatnot well
1: let me get seven number sevens
0: you know? <laughs> three number fives, a number two with extra
1: sauce you know, that's Number that's one like, like three bills worth of athlete. Like he probably just housing, just just housing.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh-huh. hopefully, I'm just hoping that he's not one of those players that, whose career just goes downhill because he can't stay healthy. That's the one thing. I, that's my main concern with him, you know.
1: I agree with you. If you get it, But you said it. You said the perfect remedies right there. If you get a nice diet, if you get the right, you know, training and and, and conditioning, man, I am shook for everybody that has to step up against him.
0: Yeah. He's a man child. Yeah, a lot of posters, made. <laughs> that man is a man child. Um, I got a gripe about my Sixers being 12th. I think we should be much lower than that. <laughs> We're like, uh, bro, we like like, bro, we was in perfect position. We was in perfect position. We had Ben Simmons. We had Joel Embiid. And I'm talking about, this goes back about three years now. And they're coming off a very successful season. This has been Simmons' rookie season. Joel Embiid's second official season in the league. We lose to Boston in in five. They are. They basically gentlemen sweep us. And then we just, all we had to do was not fuck up. All we had to do was just not fuck up. You make the Jimmy Butler trade. Okay. I love, I fucks with that move, man. You draft Markel Fultz. All right. That doesn't work out, man. Shoulder shit. Like, okay. That's just unfortunate. Right. Exactly. And then you trade all your assets for Tobias Harris. And I get it. That's an all in move. I get it. I understand the, the move when it happened. You think you got a chance to win a championship that year with all that talent. Unfortunately, doesn't pan out. Kawhi, his sass shot in Toronto, we lose. Okay. But then, like, that offseason, we just completely bomb it. We just completely bomb it, bro. We, we don't pay Jimmy. We pay Al Horford instead. You give Tobias Harris basically $200 million. I
1: thought that Al Horford thing was the dumbest thing ever.
0: Oh my God, bro. And Oh my God. And we're focused. Like we did all that for one team. We're looking at the Milwaukee bucks as the only team that we need to beat in the East. And it just doesn't work on the court, man. Nobody wants to shoot. We got a point guard. that won't, that doesn't shoot. We got to buy. We basically was playing four, four power forwards in the center. Like that was our lineup it was four power forwards in the center, pretty much. And our, okay. Three power forwards, the center and a fucking guard and Josh Richardson, who we just sure. traded straight up for with Jimmy Butler for the signing trade. Like you couldn't get like a second round pick with that, at least, or something, bro. That didn't make no sense. Like,
1: I, uh, man, I feel for you, bro.
0: The uh, ineptitude of my front office is ridiculous, and they made no moves this offseason to fire any of the people that was responsible for this mess. Yeah. And then, and then, like, it's, it's just like the fucking ownership group is they fucking embarrassing, bro. The coach, it's like how you like, going football on the coach? That was a scapegoat. Like, fire Brett Brown. Like it was his. It was all his fault. Like, what the fuck is he supposed to do? You gave him four power fours to play at once.
1: Yeah, that was fucked up. I don't know. I, I didn't like that move. Like that was one of those. Usually I I I find a way of like understanding why they fired a coach or like, okay, maybe I didn't get it at first, but I get their perspective now. But like this one, I just didn't get it. It's just like, what did you want from this man?
0: terrible roster construction man they needed a scapegoat and it's just an embarrassment like every every fucking day i'm just reading different reports about this team and they just like fucking leaking information and just throwing everybody under the bus that they can it's a fucking clown organization bro like the fucking sixers is ridiculous man so if if
1: if there's one you know signee that you're able to get your hands on for your team who who would it
0: be uh nobody cuz we have no cap space <laughs> So we got we to gotta hopefully trade. So basically right now what I'm hoping for for this upcoming offseason is that we're able to package Al Horford and a couple of drive ad sets to go get a ball handler and shooter. My, my main target right now is Buddy Hill in Sacramento. I like
1: that. that. That that would be an amazing pick for y'all.
0: And Buddy wants to come to Philly, man. He is just like a bunch of different signs that he would love to come play for Doc, and, and I like the sign of a Doc. Mm-hmm. although he did collapse in that clippers series i'm hoping that he uses that and learns from that and is able to grow from that as a as a head coach mm-hmm. um and i just feel like if we're able to move al horford because he just doesn't fit with this roster i never understood that when you have a powerhouse like joel down there like why do you need horford too they they signed him to be basically the backup to joel and b because joel gets hurt like he, he's not he's not the most he doesn't he first of all you got to get in shape because he's not in shape and he always gets hurt so they used it as like an insurance policy for Joel, but they didn't factor in like so without Joel, um yeah, we were bad, but also keep in mind we had Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, JJ Redick and Tobias Harris on the team last year. Now we just have uh Ben Simmons and Tobias and Tobias is not that good. Like Tobias is a solid player, don't get me wrong and I like him as a player, but he shouldn't be getting making 185 million dollars and being averaging 19.7 points a game. They're yeah, way overhyped. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, just bad roster move. So we got to figure out a way to get rid of this Horford contract, and it's probably going to take a couple of draft picks um, to do so. And if mm-hmm. we can get Buddy in there, I think it would definitely uh, curate a lot of the problems that we have. It doesn't fix them all the way, but it definitely would help. In the right, then, Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, besides that, man, just hopefully – one of the players we have in our roster, either Shake Milton or T Stiebel, or somebody just pops. <laughs>
1: I really like I really like Shake Milton. He has his, he had his moments, so
0: yeah, he did, he did that uh, Clippers game. I'm still I still go watch back and watch those highlights because that boy balled out, dropped him to 40 on them boys. But other than yep. that, man, I got no hope for my Sixers. It's just back to the back to like the from 2005 to 2010 where we was just in purgatory. <laughs> back <laughs> to purgatory.
1: Well, my team, even though considering the Lakers just won a championship, I still feel that we need to improve if we're going to compete with a returning Golden State and the possibility of Big Yanni going over to play with Luca. Uh, we need to, first of all, get rid of Danny Green. <laughs> Got to go. Danny Red. I like to call him. Hey, man, he's a what, three-time champion now? Don't know why we paid him so much money to begin with, because he wasn't worth the bread that they paid him. You gotta go. I'm even willing to give up Kyle Kuzma. Take him as well. He's all yours. Whoever wants him, go ahead. He's yours. I want to clear up as much space as we possibly can. Because the the only two moves I care about that could possibly happen is the acquisition of Chris Paul and people making it seem like it's so far-fetched that it can't happen. Oh, it definitely can happen. Yeah, They complain about the 80 mil he's going to get for the next two seasons, but I've seen way crazier deals happen.
0: I've seen uh, the trade thing online of how that deal can work and the salaries would match up. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have to trade a lot of assets to get them, but. Um, That's not even the move that I want though.
1: Like I don't feel like we need a, a big three, a big three is cool and all, but I don't feel like with the roster we currently have, if we're able to keep some of those you know, key veteran pieces at a low cost. Uh, I would be cool with just getting Bradley Bill. I'll take, I would gladly take Bradley Bill.
0: That's still a big three, bro. I mean, that's even, I think that's a bigger three than to get in Chris Paul. Uh, And I like Chris Paul, don't get me wrong, but Bradley Bill right now is a top three shooting guard in his league. I love the way he hit, I just love his game. And I like John Wall
1: and all, but I feel like him getting injured was the best thing that could ever happen for Bradley Bill because he really came into his own and they snubbed him. they, yeah,
0: snubbed they did. Yeah, him they did. I was like... Pfft. That was some bullshit.
1: Yeah, that that was fucked up how they did him because that yeah. boy played his heart out. So, hat, hats off to Bradley Bill. Please come to the Lakers. Please come to
0: LA. <laughs> Not the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> um... So the, I w- I want to kind of touch on that the uh the 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 big three and dynamic duels and um, we'll end on that. Mm-hmm. So it it kind of like the NBA works in in shifts, right? And you kind of look at like the different the different I like to say eras. So we had like the big three in in Boston. I think yep. it, it starts there with big threes, and then Miami formed their big three. Mm-hmm. And, then you know, KD goes to the Warriors. And then that just created a, the super team of all super teams. And then, you know, LeBron went to Cleveland and he had his big three of Kyrie and Love. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like the NBA is more so dynamic duos. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Who can have the best two players? And I like this concept better because I feel like it creates more competition throughout the entirety of the NBA. So I'm yeah. definitely it kind of went back to this format because we kind of seen this back in the early 2000s, you know. You had Ooh. you had Shaq and Kobe. You yeah. had uh, uh Rasheed yeah, Wallace. Right, exactly, exactly. And then um, you know, you had the, the 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 Detroit team finally came together and shit of that nature there. So we're getting back to this dynamic duos. And right now, you guys have the best, like hands down, LeBron James and AD. Mm-hmm. We will see what Brooklyn and Kyrie can, and and uh, KD can put together. Um, what other dynamic duos am I missing? Russell and Harden. Russell and Harden, Okay, we got that duo there. KP and and uh Luca. So we yeah, see if Luca and Giannis. Possibly you can Luca and Giannis. We might see that happen. We could definitely see that happen. Um, um don't forget Splash Brothers return, baby. Yeah, yeah, and that's a hundred percent fact. Um you got Clay and Steph. Yeah. So I think this this next couple of years of basketball where who can form the best duo, the best tandem of players, and then surround those players with the key role players to best help them succeed would be very interesting what's going on with Blake Griffin well what's his contract looking like um he has like three like three or four more years left on his deal oh that's booty why they do him like that yeah the Clippers did him dirty remember they signed him to that big contract and then shipped him off that same year
1: (laughs) oh wow he need to he need to be traded he need to go somewhere
0: yeah Blake well left in Detroit pretty much perish
1: Work. We're at work for Blake. I'm just sitting here trying to think. What? Yo, can you imagine him on Miami? Oh my god! <sighs> All right, never mind. Let me just let me not get excited because Blake Griffin is stuck in purgatory I'm sorry, my G.
0: Yeah, it sucks for him, man. It's crazy too because he changed his game. He changed his game around a lot. Yeah, I, I like
1: plays. Yeah, I do too. Players. He always
0: brings up Blake Griffin. This version of Blake, I definitely like. Um, a team to look out for him. His services potentially Boston. Oh yeah, actually, you know that's a good school too. They got Goran Hayrick expiring contract. They got a lot of draft capital. Boston, Boston's going to be one of those teams in the East. I feel like can make us key you know, moves. Make moves, and I think that they can potentially be the best team in the East next year. As much as I fucking hate saying that, and I like I hate Boston to the core. Like this is my least favorite team in all of sports, and, yeah. and it hurts when they do well. Um, but I can see them making a very good move, rather it be for Bradley Bill. Buddy Hill, Blake Griffin. I don't think they get into the Giannis sweepstakes. I just don't think Milwaukee would trade him to an end division or in conference rival. I agree, but um, that that's a very interesting team to watch as well because they have some assets, they have some players with some good contracts to trade, and uh, I just would love to see uh
1: Kemba on a on a bigger platform, like get his chance to play in a more high stakes game. I just would like to see how he would react.
0: I mean, we kind of seen that in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, and um. I mean, he was like, Kimba had knee problems like throughout the whole bubble. Yeah. And you could kind of see how it hindered his, because he didn't have that same explosive first step that he has. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be nice to see him healthy and then be able to kind of get back to that stage as well. Man. Man, it's going to be an interesting. It's going
1: to be interesting next season. But, but you're totally right with the dynamic duels. I like that a lot better than the big
0: threes. Yeah. It makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, If you had to take a guess, when do you think the season is going to start? Probably, I'd say between
1: the second week in February and first week in March.
0: Yeah, so. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking late February, early March. I think they do like a condensed season mm-hmm. because
1: then- there's a lot of stuff that they have to get organized if, if they're gonna do it differently than they did it in the bubble. So. Yeah. Uh, that's going to take a lot of months of planning. So I, I definitely say that's a appropriate landing space. And I'm not mad. I'm willing to wait. I got yeah. plenty of combat sports to watch in the meantime. It's the UFC fight every Saturday.
0: Yeah, that's a fact, bro. That's a big fact. All right, man. Well, hopefully, hopefully they figure it out. I I trust an the NBA at this point, man. They, they, they made this bubble concept work. So I trust that they're going to be able sure. to get this together. And I know they want to try to figure out to have fans, some way to have fans at the arenas as well. So... I feel like they're going to figure it out. I feel like that, uh, you know, hopefully once uh, COVID-19 eventually. Oh, man, I hope this shit ends soon, bro. I can't. This this is so fucking.
1: Annoying. I don't know, man. I don't know. I keep telling people this might never end. This might be the new normal.
0: It might be. It yeah, we might
1: have to learn how to live with it, just like the flu. Just like all these other illnesses that there are no cures for.
0: Yeah, it definitely could be, bro. Something different. But, um, hey, man, listen, we got sports right now. Basketball just concluded, man. I, I enjoyed the season, although my Sixers was trash. Um, You got good pieces, though. You got good pieces. Nah, we don't. Right. <laughs> I appreciate you trying to make me feel better. We're shit. But, uh, hey, listen, I really, again, I really do appreciate you coming on the show and doing this, bro. It's always a pleasure having you on. It's always fun talking basketball with you as well.
1: Anytime, man. You're one of my favorite people to talk sports, especially basketball, because, like I said, at the top of the show, it's not, I'm not just saying it because I'm on your show, but if you, if you're new to Bryce Benjamin and you know, the sports, your enthusiasm podcast, these are some very knowledgeable gentlemen when it comes to the sports world. So you definitely got, you know, you got your ears on the right place to get that information you're looking for. So I appreciate you having me here as always, man, just keep grinding. Like you always do. Y'all boys be killing it.
0: Yeah, man. Appreciate that. Shout out to my co-host Ed Ruder, man. Out to um, I got to meet Ed uh, still in person. Yeah, yeah, we got to make that happen. We want to actually have an idea for an episode. I'm going I'm to uh, talk to you about that when we finish this up. I like um, that. And hey, man, yo, so listen, we are part of the Push Start Media Network. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, give the people all the information that they need to know about Push Start Media Network, bro. I got you. So if you want to
1: find any of our information, it's pushstartmedianetwork.com. Our social media for Instagram and Twitter is Push Start Media X. And on Facebook, you can just look for Push Start Media Network. Um, if you're looking for any of my stuff individually, it's C, Ham, Mad, Good, all together as one word. And I just started selling clothing. I so that. On Instagram is called Champions Must Die. D-Y-E, like tie-dye, hence the hoodie. But yeah, so... Shout out to y'all boys for always putting in that work. I appreciate everything y'all do for our network. It's definitely doesn't go without notice.
0: That's a fact. I appreciate that, man. I got to get me one of those shirts too. So make sure I, get a, I need the extra large, please. I got
1: you, bro. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go and make one for you right now when we get off this call.
0: My man. Hey, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure you go and follow us. Sports, your enthusiasm, sports podcast on Facebook. Um, go and follow us on Twitter, S-Y-E pod. And, you know, email is always open sports and enthusiasm podcast at gmail.com make sure that you are drinking more water and taking your vitamins wear mm-hmm. a mask go and vote on the third stay healthy stay safe we love you guys we appreciate you guys thank you for listening you have yourself a wonderful day